0: Hello and welcome to the exam study experts podcast. Today I want to talk about procrastination. It's been ages since we've talked properly about procrastination on the podcast. So I think this is long overdue because this is something I get asked about all the time uh, by students over email or when I'm talking to them in person. Um, and it affects students of all ages, uh, no matter uh, how mature you are. You know, this is a problem we all face. We all put things off until later. We all delay those things that must be done um, because we get distracted or we feel we've got other things to do or we just can't quite get ourselves in the headspace to engage with the task. So today I want to offer some quick tips. I'm going to have about six tips in total uh, that you can use to help combat procrastination when it strikes in your life. It's quite interesting to start, I think, by thinking about what kinds of tasks we procrastinate on. What are the sorts of tasks you're most likely to not want to start or you're most likely to want to put off to uh, later in the day or another day or another week? Um, psychologist Dr Tim Peichel has studied this. Uh, his research indicates that the tasks we're most likely to procrastinate on uh, typically have one or more of the following characteristics, a task that is unstructured, A task that is difficult, a task that is frustrating, a task that is boring, a task that lacks meaning, uh, by which we mean it doesn't really, um, you know, it's not something that means a lot to you personally. You can't really see why this is so important to your life. Uh, And finally, a task that lacks intrinsic reward. And one way to think about that is it's not fun. Uh, intrinsic reward means the task itself is rewarding to work on, satisfying to work on, uh, or in some way fun or pleasurable to work on. There can, of course, be times when a task ticks multiple boxes. It can be unstructured, and difficult, and frustrating, and boring, and lack meaning, and lack intrinsic reward. Uh, for me, a lot of the time when I was... Uh, particularly revising maths and uh, physics as a university student, uh, subjects I found particularly challenging uh, before I specialised, majored in in psychology. I typically found that work quite unstructured, certainly very difficult, certainly very frustrating because I wasn't making much progress on it. And I think because I wasn't making much progress, I found it lacked intrinsic reward. It wasn't fun or satisfying to work on. Um, If you're working on a big uh, written assignment, maybe a dissertation or a thesis or a PhD, that by its very nature tends to be a very unstructured piece of work, uh, can absolutely be difficult, can be challenging, might be frustrating when you feel you're not making progress or, you know, you're running lab experiments and not getting the data back that you want. Uh, Perhaps some elements of the lab work in particular might be boring, uh, quite tedious to do, uh, and thereby may lack intrinsic reward, may not be very satisfying to work on. So, you know, no matter what stage we're at in academia, uh, these characteristics can apply, uh, often apply to to, to our work. Um, I find six characteristics a bit difficult to work with. So I like to group these six characteristics down and, 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 and kind of categorise them in two big themes and within each of the two themes i've then got specific tips specific action steps we can take to overcome procrastination uh, when it's uh, f- for that kind of thematic reason so the first theme is when we we procrastinate when we feel kind of daunted or overwhelmed by a task that is unstructured difficult and frustrating. Uh, so theme number one, I'm going to share in a moment some practical things you can do when you feel that sense of being daunted or overwhelmed, as they say, by tasks when they get unstructured, difficult and frustrating, those first three characteristics. Uh, theme number two is we procrastinate when our motivation for the task is wavering. So I think that particularly strikes when a task is boring, lacks meaning or lacks intrinsic reward. So those are our two themes, and we're going to talk about practical strategies under each of those two themes. So theme number one, again, we procrastinate when we feel daunted or overwhelmed. Uh, Theme number two, we procrastinate when our motivation, our motivation for that task is waving. So I'm going to tackle that first theme first. So overcoming procrastination when we are feeling daunted by a task that is particularly difficult or unstructured. Three strategies, three practical strategies we can use when this feels like the sort of reason we are procrastinating. So if you're facing a difficult or unstructured task and you're feeling daunted by it uh, and you're therefore procrastinating, my first practical tip would be to quite simply, break it down. Think about what's the next step you can take. What's the first step you can take? Don't worry about this huge, big picture. You've know, you got a big dissertation ahead or a big revision season ahead of you, ahead of uh, studying uh, to prepare you for exams. It's a huge and big and difficult challenge. So don't worry about the whole just for now. Break it down. Pick a little corner of your uh, writing project that you can work on, or pick just one little topic or subtopic that you can tackle today. And feel like you can start making at least a little bit of progress today. So, break it down. Think about what is the first little step I can take? What action can I take over the next 20 minutes, 40 minutes, one hour that will help me make at least some progress towards my goal? Don't worry about the big picture for the moment. Just take that next step. And the thing is, if we can stack enough of those next steps in a row, we keep putting one foot in front of the other, we gradually make some real and tangible progress uh, towards our overall goal. Uh, Practical tip number two is just do something. So uh, this one's about starting anywhere, even if it's not your best work to start with. Uh, I think this is particularly helpful for the kind of writing tasks examples. So, you know, many of you listening to the podcast probably have quite high standards for yourself. Um, You're listening to a podcast about how to study well, uh, you probably have high standards. I love that you have high standards for yourself. I think that's great, and I definitely don't want to dampen that. But sometimes those high standards can kind of get in our way, can block us from actually almost getting started in the first place. So this one's about just starting somewhere, starting doing anything, even if it's kind of scrappy to start with. As I say, writing is a really great example here. So don't worry about producing the finest draft first time you write it, write a really, really scrappy first draft. Or even better, start by just sketching out your thoughts in rough. Sketch together a few of the uh, you know key ideas, scribble that out in rough for the section you're working on, um, and then you can start to write up the sentences. But even as you start to write up the sentences, don't worry about crafting each sentence absolutely beautifully right off the bat have a go at just scribbling something down even if there are gaps missing where you need more content or ideas even if there are sentences that are jumbled and jar jumbled and jarred and don't make any sense you can come back and edit it all later you can come back and find those do those extra little bits of research to add in those points that you're missing you can come back and uh, you know tidy up all the grammar and the sentences and the syntax but you can't do all that editing work later unless you've got that scrappy first draft to work from. So give yourself permission for that first attempt to be kind of scrappy. This also works for studying as well. So again, I mentioned the example of, of of me and my journey, sort of studying maths back in the day before I specialised in psychology. One of the things you might find if you're if you're you know particularly maths is a good example, but this can happen in all sorts of subjects. The first time you sit with a topic or sit and try and do some problems or try and tackle some questions from a topic, you might not. Make sense of it. You might not be able to do it, and and that's okay. So perhaps your goal uh, is to just sit with it for a little while, to get stuck on it for a little while, and you know, just start doing something, even if it's just you know, not solve, not not kind of crack it, not feeling like you've cracked that topic, but at least just giving yourself the time and space to dive in and kind of get really stuck with it. Um, And you have to kind of sometimes work through that process of feeling a bit stuck and kind of trying to figure stuff out. You might be stuck for a little while, but in that mess of being stuck might emerge that, uh, you know, if you keep looking at the works examples, if you keep, you know, trying to push forward and, and trying to figure it out and uh, trying to trying to kind of make sense of, of what you've got in front of you, you know, you can kind of get come out the other side and get to understanding. Just be patient with yourself. And that idea of patience feeds really nicely into the third uh, practical strategy I had uh, for this 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 overall theme of feeling daunted by a difficult or unstructured task, and um, and that's uh, trust the process. So I really like trust the process as a practical strategy because it makes sure that we emphasise process goals over outcome goals, and that can be a really freeing and really liberating thing to worry about. What are process goals? What are outcome goals? Well. Let me give you an example. A a process goal would be work on my maths study, studying for one hour per day, or work on my dissertation or thesis for two hours per day. It's about the process you follow. The outcome goal would be, for studying maths, uh, master a whole topic every day, or for the dissertation... An outcome goal could be write 2,000 words every day. If you were, say, training for a race, training for a running race, your process goal could be to run for half an hour every day. Your outcome goal could be to come first in the race. You kind of see the difference. The process goal is often about time. It's often about something that you can absolutely control. Um, you know, it's, it's something that is totally within your grasp totally within your control the outcome goal is the end result so it's the number of words you write or the place or the grade you get in the exam or the place you come in the race Um, you can't directly control the outcome goal but you can influence the outcome goal by work by the process you choose you can give yourself a better chance of coming first in the race or getting a great grade in your exam by how you train how you prepare so i think it's really nice to have an outcome goal i think it's really nice to know you know the grade you're aiming for in your exams uh you know the place you want to come in the race i think it's really nice to aim for that but then always put that in a drawer forget about that overall aim and just focus on the process what is the what is the process you're going to follow each day what is the training you're going to do each day what's the studying you're going to do each day uh, to, to to move you towards your best chance at that outcome goal um and that's because we can control it, because we can control the process goals, makes them much easier to to engage with, much easier to tackle on a day-to-day basis. Okay, so those are the three practical strategies I wanted to share for that first overarching procrastination theme. So when we're daunted by difficult or unstructured tasks, we might want to break it down, just start doing anything, just start somewhere, even if it's kind of Week to start with. You can polish it later. And then finally, trusting the process, focusing on those process goals uh, and, and not worrying day to day about the outcome goal quite so much. So what about the second theme? So uh, we might also procrastinate when we feel our motivation wavering. So particularly when a task is, is kind of boring or lacks meaning, is a bit unrewarding. What can we do then? Well, I've got three different strategies for this different uh, kind of root cause of, mo- of procrastination. So the first strategy I've got, I think I mentioned it on the podcast before, it's called the why brainstorm. And what you do in the why brainstorm is you simply take a blank sheet of paper and give yourself five, 10 minutes to write down as many reasons why this matters to you as possible. Aim for at least five to 10 reasons if you can. is quite a hard thing to do sometimes. You know, the first one or two reasons might be easy. Okay, I need to get a certain grade so I can get a certain place at college or I need to pass this exam so I can get a promotion at at work or whatever. But when you start to dig beyond those. Obvious first one or two reasons, it can get a little bit harder, but that's kind of the point of the exercise. You're supposed to be flushing out those trickier to think about uh, reasons. Uh, that's part of why the exercise works. It helps to, to you can you know, give you new reasons to care. It helps to uh, em- you know emphasize the reasons that were already obvious, but also helps you fi- uncover those those kind of new reasons and therefore you know feed the fuel of your feed fuel on the uh, motivational fires uh, underneath you. Some examples of this could be: Well, what could you learn? Studying for these exams, are they going to teach you, uh, you know, new things about subject area that might be useful in your life or in your career? Like if you're studying languages, that's a really nice one. You know, being able to speak a, a foreign language when you go and visit that country, uh, or be able to interact with colleagues that speak that language. Perhaps that subject is going to teach you, or these exams are going to teach you, valuable new character traits, like how to overcome you know, challenges, how to engage with things, even if you found them hard at first. Uh, it's fantastic for your self-esteem, fantastic for your sense that you can solve things, even if they're kind of, you know, you figure things out, even if you don't get it at first. Um, maybe it's simply going to teach you, um, you know, get you into, you know, good good kind of discipline, you know, that sort of self-discipline of, you know, regular study, um, you know, that you know skill, that, that kind of self-discipline that you might could apply to other areas of your life as well, like exercise routines. So run your why brainstorm. Think of all the reasons why uh, the, the subject matters. And that can be a really nice way just to get some some kind of, uh, as I say, motivational f- fuel and get fired up to, to work on your studies. The the second one I've got is the just five minutes trick. So I really like the just five minutes trick. It's, it's pretty popular. You, you set a timer for just five minutes of work. And the deal you make with yourself is that when that five minutes is up, you're allowed to stop work but if you feel like carrying on, you can carry on. You can kind of convince yourself to do five minutes, just five minutes, most of the time, even if you don't really feel like working. It's only five minutes. Most people can get over the idea of sitting down and doing five minutes. But the neat thing is that once you get five minutes in, most people tend to find that they feel like, actually, you know what, I've already started. I might as well do another 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Half an hour, 40 minutes, a whole hour. Often it's the idea of starting that's more off putting than actually, you know, keeping going once you've started. Once you get rolling, it's much easier to stay rolling. Uh, so that's how the just five minutes trick works. You could also check out the Pomodoro technique, which is kind of related to this strategy. The Pomodoro te- technique works by Setting a timer for the whole block of work, so you set a timer for thirty minutes or forty minutes. And with this one, you're not trying to work past the timer. You you know you stop when the timer rings. But there's something about the idea of a, a kind of ticking clock of, of kind of counting down when you are working that uh, can sometimes really help to give you some energy uh, and focus when you are when you're studying. If you're interested in more on the Pomodoro technique, you can check out episode 59, uh, the Pomodoro Masterclass I recorded last year. Finally, I really like the power of habit. So setting a clear, consistent routine that you follow each and every day, day in, day out. The first few days of your routine might feel quite hard, quite challenging to, to kind of stick with. But once you get past that hurdle, once you get over that hump, it can start to feel automatic. You get into the habit this is when I work, this is when I rest. Uh, so you're no longer kind of spending the whole day negotiating with yourself about when it's time to start, when it's time to stop. You've got your routine, you know what you do, uh, and it's and it starts to become second nature. You no longer have to make those decisions throughout the day. It becomes a lot easier uh, to stick with your plan once you have a clearly laid plan laid out, um, and once you've stuck with it for at least the first few days. Again, for more on study routine, I've got a whole episode on this. It was episode number 30 uh, from 2020, Revealed Ultimate Study Routine Secrets. Uh, Or if you prefer to uh, look up an article on it, uh, and I've kind of put sample timetables and things in the article as well, uh, it's a little harder to to do those over a podcast. Uh, If you want to Google study routine, my article on extreme Study Routine Secrets for Ambitious Students should pop up uh, somewhere on the first page of Google. So you can you can check that out uh, as an alternative for my tips on building your routine with some nice uh, kind of examples, including what I used when I was a student. So we've collected all six of the uh, anti-procrastination strategies that I wanted to share. So uh, again, with When uh, we are kind of dealing with that first theme, when we're feeling daunted by difficult or unstructured tasks, we might want to break it down, just start anywhere, even if it's kind of bad to start with, and then trust the process. So focus on your process goal. Don't worry about the kind of outcome quite so much. Finally, we talked about... Uh, that other theme of procrastination. So when we feel our motivation wavering, uh, we might want to try the why brainstorm, think of those reasons why you care, why it matters to you. Uh, you could try the just five minutes trick, setting that time for just five minutes and seeing if that kind of kickstart with you. And I certainly really recommend the the power of habits and kind of getting into a good routine. Again, episode 30 or just Google study routine uh, for, for more of my thoughts uh, for you on finding a good routine. So, look. I hope that's been helpful uh, in your uh, battle to overcome procrastination. Next week, I will be back for another episode where I'll be sharing some of my top tips on time management. So, this is going to be all about finding more hours in the week, finding more hours in the day to, to study. You know, I often hear people saying, "Well, I feel you know overwhelmed by how much I've got to do." Uh, particularly if you're fitting your studies around a day job or you've got a really heavy course load at, at university, it's a real challenge to find enough hours. And I also want you to find enough hours to sleep properly and, and have some rest. And so how are, you, how are you going to fit all this in? The, the secret is to become really, really efficient with, with how you use your time. Uh, and I've got, I think it's 12 kind of interesting and, and creative ways you can manage your time better. Uh, so you can effectively free up more time. Uh, so you, you feel like everything's a little bit more imbalanced uh, and you've got the time you need to, to do your tasks. So do join me again next week for that. For today, uh, I just wanted to say thanks again for listening. Uh, It's been a real pleasure to be back with you. And as always, I wish you every success in your studies. Thanks again. Just before you go, did you know you can hire William as your very own coach and mentor to show you the stress-free way to ace your exams by studying smarter, not harder? Find out how at examstudyexpert.com slash coaching.